Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad. I have with me again Father Jordan Dosh, who is a vocation director for the Diocese of Bismarck, which is in North Dakota. And you will be able to tell from his accents on this podcast that that's where he's from. Father Jordan, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, it's good to be with you, Father Conrad. <laughs> Don't play up the accent too much. And we're not oh, talking yeah. about hot, we're not talking about hot dish or anything else. <laughs> yeah, or pop or anything. Got throw a boat in the water and throw some cows over the fence some hay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I had a, a, a couple North Dakotans on my floor in, in my un, uh, uh, philosophy uh, in seminary. And boy, was were those accents uh, pretty distinct. So good. It's good to get something other than an East Coast uh, accent here on the podcast. So uh, Father Dash, as a vocation director, um, you have to talk a lot about the priesthood. And I'm sure, I mean, it comes up with me all the time. I just answered this question the other day. The question is, that that comes up all the time is why can't women be priests? And and it it's a serious question, and I I don't want to trivialize like the what what kind of goes into it. But what what's usually your answer uh, when that question comes up? Yeah, well, thank you, Father Conrad. Uh, so initially, um, I, I try to explain that you know a gift must be received according to to the giver, and and the the priesthood isn't a gift, not one in which you know, we make it our own, but it, but it's one in which is to be lived out in the way that it was given. Uh, and it was given uh, by Jesus Christ, you know, the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And it, w- it was given in a certain way. Uh, and, and just because, you know, culture changes. Uh, and, and I think that's why it becomes, you know, such a, a stigma is because, you know, um, in a culture which really demands equality for everything, you know, uh, the priesthood is something that, that stands out as kind of a contradiction to that. Uh, you know, uh, I, I always use the example like Augusta Golf Course, uh, you know, just permitted women, uh, you know, a couple decades ago. Uh, for the longest time, it just used to be kind of a men's golf course. Uh, but, but it seems like, you know, there, there are very few institutions now uh, that have that contrast between men and women. Uh, and a lot of people think that, um, you know, the, the equality needs to be shared. Uh, and, and the common argument is, you know, power or, you know, women need more of a say in the church. And the way in which they have more say uh, is through by becoming priests. So first of all, uh, I try to explain, you know, what the priesthood is and why it was given by Jesus in this way. And the second is to kind of dispel that notion that it's about power or the way in which they're able to have an effect in the church is by becoming a priest, because that, that's just not necessarily true. Yeah, I think I think that that second point is really apt because the uh, I mean, we have a culture that that views everything in terms of of power and authority and as being like the most important. And that's a, a legacy of modern philosophy and Marxism, especially uh, that if you're not in power, if you don't hold the reins of power, then you're going to be exploited. You're going to be taken advantage of. And, and I think the priesthood is like that's that's missing the point in a certain sense. Like the point of the the point of our church is not to be an authority. The point of our church is to be holy, to be uh, less, to to empty ourselves, to to pursue God entirely and and not necessarily to be the one who says do this or do that or or who who chooses different things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I think that's kind of the the main point on this issue is that authority doesn't come from clerical status. 
Ra rather, it comes from holiness. Uh, and you see this throughout the history of the church through many incredible saints uh, who have been women, uh, who have been able to use their holiness uh, to really uh, instruct the church in very uh, critical ways in, in, in very important times. Um, you know, they, they weren't priests. Uh, they didn't have any clerical status. Uh, but that didn't bring them the authority. What brought them the authority was their their holiness and their closeness to God. Um, <clears throat> and and I think the the idea that uh, power comes from clerical status, uh, the underlying thought to that is that uh, that we're able to change something or that we're able to you know mold the church into how we want it. <clears throat> uh, when in reality, you're more so guardians of it. You know, it's not something that we create or do, uh, but something that uh, is protected um, through the church. Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 that one of my favorite images of the church um, that I, I read somewhere is that it's like a tower being built, you know, and the priesthood or the hierarchy is the scaffolding. But when the tower is completed, the scaffolding gets torn down. You know, it's not important. It's important insofar as it helps get the bricks where they're supposed to go. But in the end, it's, it's pretty pointless. And, and that's how, like in heaven, you aren't going to like the Pope's not going to be able to tell you what to do per se in heaven, because you're going to be directly face to face with God. And that's the point of it all. The point of it all is to be there, you know, and we don't need to, like, we want to desire to be the, the building being built, not the scaffolding that gets torn down. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Um, so one of my favorite examples, especially in understanding this is, uh, you know, the life of St. Catherine of Siena. Um, you know, I believe in seminary, both you and I uh, took a, a brief class on, on St. Catherine of Siena. Yeah, uh, that's you know, right. Do doctor of the church, lived an incredible life. Um, you know, she was uh, uh, illiterate, except, you know, when, when the, the Holy Spirit guided her in, 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 the, in <laughs> the ability to be able to, to read and write. Uh, you know, really uneducated, pretty young. Um, but she was, uh, lived a very radical, holy life. And it was because of that that she was able to lead the church in uh, a very important time. Um, you're, you're familiar with uh, the Avignon papacy, right? So, so the Pope uh, goes away from Rome. Rome becomes uh, a hard place to live. And, and the Pope leaves for um, a couple generations to the city of Avignon in France. Uh, and St. Catherine of Siena, you know, not a priest, uh, didn't have what would seem like power in the church. Uh, but because of her holiness, saw this problem and went and advised the Pope uh, to return to Rome, uh, that it's important for the Pope to be in Rome. Um, so to a certain extent, we could see that she had more authority um, than, than a lot of clerics during her time. And it was because of her holiness. Uh, it wasn't because of her clerical status. Yeah, I think that and that's something you see in the history of the church over and over again, not just with men, with women, but with men and women, that those who are truly holy hold an outsides authority as to you know what they think and 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 what should be done because they're recognized as being close to god and the average person knows that it's it really is about who's close to god and 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 they're the ones you want to follow because they're going to lead you to to that source of holiness uh n not just you know because you have a special way of dressing or something like that yeah and you saw this in the life of mother Teresa. you know i mean yeah she was sure. like she was someone who didn't want any attention, you know, someone who didn't, uh, you know, go out of her way to seek attention, but naturally just because of her holiness, you know, she wins Nobel Peace Prize, you know, traveling around giving talks to, you know, big governments, big people in authority, 
Um, you see her relationship with John Paul II, you know, a very beautiful relationship. And, and it wasn't because of, you know, her clerical status. You know, she wasn't like a Fortune 500 CEO or anything like that. She was just a very simple holy lady who works in the, the slums of Calcutta. And it was because of her holiness that she was able to have an influence on the church. You know, it wasn't her clerical status. And that, that I think brings us to the, the first answer you usually give, which is that we kind of skipped over, which is that, that the priesthood isn't something we aspire to per se. It's something that we are given. Yeah. You know, I don't go say, I want to be a priest, therefore I will be a priest. Yeah, Discernment yeah. is about saying, does God want me to be a priest? Where does God want me to be? And we can't choose how things are given. That makes total sense. Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, it, it's also beautiful to see, you know, how this was started, uh, because, you know, the, the intentions that Jesus had with how it was started uh, have a big effect with how it's played out even until today. Right. So I, I always say, you know, what's the difference between an apostle and a disciple? Well, Jesus had, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of disciples, people who followed him around. But out of those hundreds, if not thousands of people who followed him around, he called 12 to be particularly close to him. And out of those 12, uh, they were all men that we believe uh, was the beginning of the priesthood at the Last Supper. Uh, but from that, you know, from his disciples, Jesus had many women who were really, really close to him, right? This isn't about, uh, you know, the difference between men and women. It, it, it's that, you know, Jesus had lots of women. He definitely cared and loved for, for lots of women, you know, namely his, his mother Mary, uh, you know, Mary of Bethany, Martha of Bethany. Those are some of my favorite readings in Scripture, you know, when Jesus wept. Uh, in, in their relationship with each other, that he deeply cared about them. Uh, Mary Magdalene as well. She's the first one to the tomb. Uh, you know, Jesus had these great relationships with women, women um, that he didn't call to become apostles. Uh, it wasn't because they were inferior at all, but it was more so because of what the priesthood is and how, and how Jesus intended to, to start it and how to be carried on. Yeah, exactly. I think like Mary Magdalene or... or... Our, our lady would seemingly make a better priest uh, than us. And, and Jesus wasn't like people say, well, okay, well, he had to follow the conventions of his time. And, and that's not true either. You know, like there were women priestesses in Greek culture and Jesus is the son of God. He can, he, he broke all sorts of cultural norms all the time because he was, he, he's not bound by them. He's the son of God. Um, and, and he chose to do things this way. And we have to just kind of accept that in, in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have we have to receive the gift uh, according to the way that he wanted to give it, and that, that that makes it so much better too than like this is a career path that you earn your way through, you know, to try and succeed and 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 get someplace. But see it really the way it is, which is a gift from God who loves us and and following his his uh, his call to us and 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 the primary call. And I think part of the reason why this is such an issue is that. We don't, as like lay people, don't realize how much they're called to to be active in the church and to like to serve the Lord and to to evangelize. Like, if people realize they they, they see it all as just well, if you're holy, you, if you want to be holy, then you have to be a cleric, you know. But that's not the case, you know. Holy laity, I think, are some of the most inspiring people there are, and they put a lot of priests to shame. And that's the point. The point is to to pursue holiness in every vocation. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I've definitely seen that in my assignments. Uh, you know, when, let, let's say you go through a difficult funeral and, and you see the family, you know, ever faithful afterwards, 
you know, that, that's incredibly inspiring to me, you know, to see the faith that they have during difficult times. Um, you know, it, it really makes you question, uh, you know, when um, you may go through difficult times, their, their faith is inspiring to you. Uh, but, it, but it's about the holiness, you know, it isn't about the priesthood. Exactly, exactly. Well, th- hopefully that inspires all of us to pursue holiness even more readily to, to lay down our lives uh, for the Lord and, and to follow him, whatever vocation we're in, as, as far as we can. Thank you so much, Father Dash, for joining us on Catholic Bites. And um, thank you to everyone who's listening. Uh, if you'd like to listen to other great Catholic talks, you can find us at catholicbitespodcast.com. Or you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Catholic Bites. Bites is with a Y. Thank you and God bless you.